to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And uh, I am I, I want to welcome you all to the show. And if you miss any part of this show from wherever you're listening from, uh, please know that you'll be able to go right to the website, uh, the drpatshow.com, T-H-E-D-R, patshow.com, and uh, click on the button that says play now and listen to it or download it. Uh, we don't have any membership on the website. You're free to download this show and any other show you see on there. To me, uh, you know, today is for me uh, one of one of the days of this week, actually, the entire week. Um, I was so struck by, you know, the events of 9-11 and reminded about them again. And as a matter of fact, you know, one of the things that I noticed about myself, my body, the way I feel, my vibration is that, it, it, you know, there's something about growing up in New York City and then having what people call an anniversary of an event that was so traumatizing for so many people and the reason that I, I, I talked about this the other day and I said you know we band together I have watched us time and time again as a country come together and what happened in New York, you watch people come together. And yet, at the same time, there are, there are things that uh, it's hard for us to talk about. I've done many shows on trauma, post-traumatic stress disorder. I did a show on our returning soldiers and the concern I have about that. Uh, and also, to this day, you can go into New York City for the people that have businesses in the area uh, where they're the Twin Towers were. Uh, and you can still see when people start to talk about the events that happened on 9-11, you can still see the looks on their faces, but you can also see this darkness in their eyes. It is, uh, you know, for many people for a long time, every loud sound, every boom, anything that sort of popped up caused them to be in a state of trauma. And my guest today is uh, Tucker Smallwood. He's joining us here today. You're going to hear about his story. As I said earlier, um, you know, he has been on television. Uh, you've seen him in the, in the, in the many, many different uh, The X-Files, Babylonia, uh, Babylon 5, as well as Contact, Deep Impact. I mean, you name it. You have seen him in television, on the big screen, and much more more. What you probably haven't heard about is his commitment to helping those suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. And so we want to talk about this today with him because many of us know what post-traumatic stress disorder is. And for me, I've experienced it. And I've experienced it in probably one of the strangest ways that you would hear from me. And that is the loss of my job after 25 years. Uh, and and, and, and it, traumatic is just one way to talk about it. But here we are with, with Tucker. And today's show is about shining the light 
and opening the door for many of us to understand what the situation is and what we can do about it. Tucker, thank you so much for joining the show today. I'm thrilled to have you here. Well, I'm very happy to be here, Dr. Pat. Uh, let's take a, a moment to, to uh, you know, rewind a little bit and talk a little bit about your journey. I, I think many of us love uh, and, and love you and know you and love to see you on television or the big screen. And, you know, we get that closeness uh, about you. But very few people know about your personal story, your journey, and some of the obstacles that you've had to overcome. And I want to take a minute to recreate that or for you to share a bit about where you've been that brought you up to today and what you do now. Well, my life has taken a very circuitous path, and um, it's been interesting. I can surely say that. Uh, I, um, I'm 64 years old. I uh, was born in Washington, D.C., and spent four years in Europe before I was 21. My father was an educator, and he was on a Fulbright in Greece for two years, and then I went to college for two years in Munich. So I knew other cultures and other societies as a young man. I um, graduated from college, was drafted, and um, was commissioned as an infantry officer, and I served in Vietnam as a military advisor. Uh, I commanded a five-man team and lived with the equivalent of our National Guard. These were citizen farmers who wanted to raise their crops and their families and worship their God and get through a happy life, and I helped them to defend their village. Uh, I accepted a very bad mission, and... Uh, on this mission, I was the only man that spoke English, and um, there were seven of us on it, and everyone was wounded or dead, and mm. um, in essence, I bled out. Um, I was brought back to life in the hospital, but uh, I was dead, and uh, the wonder is not so much that I um, was brought back, but that I stayed conscious and alive as long as I did, because you usually have about five or ten minutes of consciousness when your carotid is severed, and I stayed functional for almost an hour because I knew once I passed out or died, everybody was dead. So I was aided by a higher power, and I made it through. And um, when I, um, the doctors didn't expect me to live very long. They were tickled that I, I was still walking. And well, I wasn't walking, but I was, and I wasn't talking, actually. I had a paralyzed vocal cord and a trach. But um, I, was, I, was, I was breathing in and out. And... Um, I recovered slowly with a number of surgeries. It's been about four or five months at Walter Reed and other hospitals. And um, I uh, trained young officers for that summer, of the summer of 1970, young officers going to Vietnam. And then I resigned my commission and came to New York to study acting. And um, for the last 37 years, I've made my living as an actor, and I've had a wonderful life. Um, the curious thing about post-traumatic stress is the post um, many of us have experiences in our lives that traumatize us, the loss of a child or a parent or mm -hmm. a sibling, uh, a bad accident, um, a crime, um, and many of our soldiers in um, war and harm's way are affected by post-traumatic stress. And the point is, there are times when we process that experience immediately, and that's a blessing in disguise because it helps us to heal and move on. But there are times when our lives require us to sequester that because there are other things to do that are immediately uh, vital. And so we put it in a, a back corner, and it, it festers. It doesn't go away. Uh, we um, just push it down. And it begins to affect our relationships and our interactions with other people, and um, 
it's very easy to become self-destructive and depressed and, and um, unhappy. And so that's the tragedy of a condition that isn't dealt with. Now, the people of New York, and we're talking about millions, are still suffering from post-traumatic stress because they lost family and friends. And the city is a unique one. I think it's a great world city. I, it is the city of my heart. And it's impossible to look at that, that landscape and not be aware that something's missing. When you see an old television show or an old movie and you see the Twin Towers, you're immediately reminded that they're gone. And when you go to the city and you look at the landscape, you are immediately aware that something is missing. It's like the smile missing some teeth. Mm -hmm. it's, aside from Paris, I, think, I can't think of any other city in the world that has such a dominant uh, terrain feature. You could see the towers from anywhere in Manhattan. And whenever you go back, or I guess for the folks that wake up each morning, there's that little pang in your heart that something awful happened. So we uh, experience something called anniversary syndrome. And that means annually, and many of you, I'm sure, are familiar with it. It might be the uh, anniversary of a date you lost someone dear to you mm -hmm. in your family. Or it might be the anniversary of, of something that happened to you that was very upsetting. Uh, and you, you continue to relive it almost like a Groundhog Day. And um, it's why we have things like therapy and um, support groups and... Um, you, you, you need to understand that this is a normal human reaction to something that's not normal. And um, we all cope with different things in different ways, but um, that wound remains. And it's, it's a positive thing to try to move ahead. Well, I love what you're talking about because I go back to uh, the East Coast on a regular basis. You know, I have my best friend there of, uh, you know, 35 years and family. Her family is my family. And, uh, and, and when I go back, we always get on the turnpike or drive in to Manhattan. And every time, I got to tell you, every time that this happens, the first thing I notice is is the absence of the Twin Towers. Um, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't sit there and say, oh, we're going to New York and let me think about them not being there. But it is exactly like you've talked about. It's like we have experiences at, our, at a cellular level. They're in our cells. And, you know, there are triggers that cause us to either recognize or not recognize that we're having a recurrence of so many things and i want to talk with you about this uh in terms of what this means and the work that you're doing uh, and you know how the spoken word can help so you know this for me is a, is a wonderful conversation to have with you there are many many things that uh, we're going to talk about today my very special guest tucker smallwood joining me here uh and you know our our conversation is helping those suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. Many of us have seen him. We've seen him in Contact, Star Trek, Jag, Seinfeld, The Axe Files, and, and much more. When we come back, we'll be talking about Return to Eden, an anthology of 33 essays describing Tucker's work, uh, Tucker's adventures, rather, as an Army advisor in Vietnam, and how this can help our returning veterans today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Does how you think affect how you feel or what you have? Do you want to achieve outstanding business and career goals, have a better relationship, or improve your health and fitness? In the excuses and get immediate results with the help of Huna, ancient wisdom, modern application. What if you could attract money and abundance to you like a magnet? Donate excess weight and maintain your ideal state of health or create the kind of relationship you've always wanted. With Huna, you'll discover how to eliminate disempowering beliefs by using self-empowerment tools. The Huna Prosperity Weekend will be in Los Angeles October 4th and 5th. Join Matt James December 13th and 14th in Seattle at the Huna Prosperity Weekend. Call 800-800-MIND or visit huna.com to register. This incredible workshop is only $95 for a limited time. Call 800-800-MIND or visit huna.com. The Empowerment Partnership. Whatever you think you are, you're more than that. Hay House invites you to a glorious weekend retreat in Tampa, Florida. Meet more than 30 of your favorite authors for the inspiring, uplifting I Can Do It conference coming to Tampa this October 3rd through 5th. Join Wayne Dyer, Sylvia Brown, Caroline Mace, Colette Baron-Reed, John Holland, Marianne Williamson, and more for a weekend of spiritual discovery and great fellowship. It's the I Can Do It conference for life-changing good times. See details at ICanDoIt.net. Tune in your radio to hear Carrie O'Connor, master visionary, medium, and clairvoyant as she uses her amazing psychic gifts to help you step into your divine power and begin to create the life of your dreams. Carrie will read your unique energy field, connecting you with the treasures of your soul, your passions, and your true life purpose. Don't miss Carrie's weekly astounding and energetic predictions. Fasten your seatbelt as you take a wild ride with Carrie O'Connor. Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific. Listen live at thedrpatshow.com. Are you the owner or manager of a struggling small business? Do you feel alone in your battles? The Small Biz Sherpa can help. Do you want to increase sales or decrease costs? Do you wish your employees were more motivated or cared as much as you do about the bottom line? Call the Small Biz Sherpa. Learn how you can change your company's fortunes by involving and engaging your staff. Create bonus and incentive programs that pay your people more while improving your bottom line. The Small Biz Sherpa has done it himself, and now he'll show you how to do it too. Visit smallbizsherpa.com or call 206-505-9752. That's smallbizsherpa.com. Small, B-I-Z, Sherpa.com. Be sure and sign up for the Dr. Pat Show newsletter so you can find out about the latest guests, events, promotions, and giveaways. Visit thedrpatshow.com and register now. Get a grip on life with Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show Talk Radio to Thrive By. And, you know, uh, part of what we do on this show is we talk about very, very, uh, we talk about things that are important, important in a lot of different ways. And for me, I am struck by the fact that we are going to have hundreds of thousands of people returning back to this soil here in the United States. And, uh, and, and I'm concerned about First of all, 
what will be available to them so that they can get treatment to bring them to a place of wholeness? And more importantly, you know, what is it that we need to know and do as a country? I was talking earlier, my very special guest today, Tucker Smallwood, you know, this is, Tucker is passionate about, first of all, making sure we understand what post-traumatic stress disorder is. Uh, but then once we understand it, the question is, what are we going to do about it? And he's joining uh, me here today because we really are opening a door and opening a conversation, one of many that must happen. Tucker, thank you so much for joining the show. I'm happy to be here. I think it's a very important topic. It is a very important topic. And I, and I believe it is a topic that we either are not truly aware of the significance or the impact of how post-traumatic stress disorder is going to affect people that are returning uh, from Iraq, uh, Afghanistan, or it is just too big of a problem for us to even, you know, as a country, step up to and try to address. And I want to ask you, you know, where do where does this fit on the continuum of helping people get to wholeness? Well, I, I'm not going to accept the premise that it's too large an issue to confront. Because yeah. I think it's the very least we owe the men and women that we task to fight this war. Mm -hmm. We have to make them whole or serve them and be there for, him, for them when they come home. They have done our bidding, they have served honorably, and they have come back sometimes with scars that are evident and sometimes with scars that are invisible. My nurses in Vietnam were as traumatized as many of the men they treated, and they still undergo treatment today. Uh, many of the people in Graves' registration were affected by PTSD, and they never saw a shot fired in anger. Combat and war creates images that are very hard to let go of. And um, we've got young men and women, and it's not a coming event. They have been coming home for the last five years and going back and coming home and going back. And the issue is that the families say, Dad's different. Uncle Bob's not, something's not the same. Mm. And uh, these soldiers are trying to do their jobs honorably. The instincts that keep them alive in combat are very, very bad for civilian life. And so they try to readjust with their families and life here, and then they're redeployed, and they have to reprogram themselves. And that kind of push-me-pull-you is very, very hard on the psyche. Uh, it's the kind of condition that suggests to a person, uh, I can't have this stuff coming up because I can't get through my day, so maybe I'll just put it in a closet. Mm. And that's what leads to post-traumatic stress. I functioned wonderfully for about 10 or 11 years after Vietnam. I knew that every day was a blessing. And uh, I was a happy, enthusiastic, passionate person that created that kind of aliveness in other people. I was a joy to be around. And then I began circling the drain. And it took about five years of struggling and self-destructive behavior and personal unhappiness to finally have a friend give me a book, someone that cared about me enough to say, Tucker's in trouble and he's not getting any help, so let's see if this will work. And it was a book written by a woman named Myra McPherson called Long Time Passing. It's a big, thick book of interviews of soldiers and sons and fathers and families of veterans of Vietnam. And I would read these accounts, and I would say, my God, that's me. Mm. That's me. I could recognize myself in their stories. And at that point, I reached out for help, and I was very, very lucky. I got a man who had been in Vietnam before he got his training in psychology. He only worked with veterans and policemen. And Dr. Victor DeFazio gave me back my life. 
he was going back and forth to Russia before the, uh, before the Russian Empire fell, working with their psychologists because they're Afghanzi. They're soldiers who came back from Afghanistan were manifesting the same problems that Vietnam veterans were manifesting. Um, Post-traumatic stress is a condition that, not treated, may encourage many people to take their lives because they just can't seem to get over that point. And I shared with you during the break that I had two uh, friends of mine who had gone to Vietnam, had come back, uh, and, uh, and, you know, on the surface, for many people, it didn't seem like anything was wrong. But, you know, because they were my friends, there were things that I noticed that, uh, that just didn't seem right. And, and, you know, it wasn't a conversation that they were willing to have. I mean, you know, and I honestly didn't really have a clue, didn't know how to talk to him, to, to them. And ultimately, they took their lives. And so there are many things that I believe families... Uh, you know, and I want to start there, Tucker. Families need to be mindful of, because well, let me ask you this. What is the likelihood that a returning soldier, right, man or woman, is going to check off the box on the form that says, oh, I think I need a little psychological help? That's a tough one, because there is still a stigma attached in some people's minds to asking for help and acknowledging that you have some men want to make the, the, the army a career. Mm-hmm. Some men are afraid of, of being judged by their peers. Some men are afraid they may not they may be passed over for promotion. And some men, having been there for a year, just want to get the hell back to their families and get back to a life. Um, so that's a tough one. Uh, everybody's case is different. We are all uniquely individual, but there are some common themes. Um, I, yesterday in the forums that were on uh, on cable, they had talks with McCain and Obama, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I'm going to try to paraphrase one. I, uh, uh, Obama spoke of meeting a man in, in I believe, Wyoming, mm-hmm. who had served, came back, got his law degree, and was having a very successful career in law. His younger brother went to Iraq, came back, suffered from this, struggled, and eventually took his life. And the lawyer, the older brother left his law firm, and began working to set up programs to help these men coming home. It's going to take that kind of grassroots effort. Um, People that have a a concern for, uh, a respect for, uh, a feeling that this is something I can do. And there are thousands of different programs that will serve these men. I was served by reading the words of others, not just in Myra McPherson's book, Long Time Passing, but other books written by veterans. Sometimes you have to hear a truth in a certain way to get it. And sometimes you're finally ready to get it. People may have said something to you for years about your personality or your behavior or your interactions, and it's just, you know, it's like talking to a rock. But eventually, if you're lucky, you get to that point where you're ready to get that information and hear it. Now, one of the things my therapist encouraged me to do was write. Write down your memories. Write down the things that have... That, that, that you can hold on to that, that upset you. And I began writing essays about my experiences. And many men have told me, something you wrote helped me to understand something that was true for me. So that's my gift, if you will, uh, to others who are going to come back dealing with similar trauma. I have done readings from middle schools through colleges and grad schools, and I 
I really enjoy the Q&A afterwards, the questions and answers that these young people ask me. They're very honest. They cut right to the bone. I simply want them to make informed decisions and get a grasp of what is entailed in um, serving your country, in going to war, and handling the changes in you when you come home. You know, Tucker, one of the things that, you know, we're talking about here today, um, I believe, is so important. It has to do with being there and knowing how to be there for loved ones, folks that are returning uh, in a way that uh, supports their healing as opposed to uh, judging what their experience has been. And I wanted to ask you about that because I'm sure that you went through this. I mean, you know, looking at people that have come back and, you know, being part of their inner friend circle and walking up to them and saying, you know, dude, by the way, you're a little bit off your rocker. I mean, that I mean, there are so many things we don't know how to do well. And I wanted to ask you, um, you know, how do we open up a conversation with our friends, our loved ones that are coming back to get them the support they need? Those are those are excellent questions. Um, when I published my book a couple of years ago, my youngest brother, I also did an audio book, and he listened to it, and he was overwhelmed because there were there were many things we just we just didn't talk about when mm. we come home. You don't, as a civilian, have a context of understanding, and we fear that you will judge us. You probably will. There are some things we only talk about amongst ourselves. A veteran can find or sense that empathy and understanding and a lack of judgmentalness in another veteran. That's why rap groups are so. Uh, valuable. But parents, I think, often don't want to make their sons or daughters uncomfortable. Wives don't want to. They'd like to get on with their lives. But the best thing that you can do for a veteran is encourage him to talk. Make it safe for him to share his pain, his sadness, Mm -hmm. his loss, his confusion, his fear. Mm. If he feels that he has a safe place to communicate it, it might be in therapy, but you know, the people that are in our immediate lives are, are, are there. I find that writing is a good form of therapy. Let's hold uh, that thought for a minute, Tucker. And when we come back, let's talk about that, uh, you know, as in terms of what we can uh, help folks uh, open up and courage and do. Writing is one form of that. When we return, we're going to be talking with Tucker Smallwood about his return to Vietnam as well and about uh, the anthology of essays entitled Return to Eden. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. If you want to find out more about Tucker, his work, and much more, you can go to tuckersmallwood.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the show. This is sunshine. This is how we're living. This is coming to my life. Discover what the meaning behind sacred spiritual space is and how it can be a healing part of your garden or home environment. Mary Fonts, registered nurse and landscape specialist, teaches about using nature, artifacts, healing energy, and angel readings to create sacred space. A spiritual garden offers methodologies that bring peace and healing to your special place. Call 508-339-5444 and visit aspiritualgarden.com. That's aspiritualgarden.com. 
Tampa Bay Wellness Magazine, the Bay Area's premier magazine for holistic, alternative, and complementary health. Tampa Bay Wellness informs and inspires you about choices and opportunities for a more balanced, healthy, and happy life. You can find Tampa Bay Wellness Magazine at over 700 locations in the Tampa Bay area or online at tampabaywellness.com. Tampa Bay Wellness Magazine is the natural choice for physical, mental, and spiritual enlightenment. Visit the premier online store where science and spirit unite. Shop consciously, explore new ideas, and connect with your world at bleepstore.com. Find the latest in spiritual and documentary films, green living products, and online articles. Dr. Pat listeners receive 10% off with coupon code Dr. Pat. That's D-R-P-A-T at checkout. Go to the drpatshow.com and click on Bleep Store to start your experience. The drpatshow.com. Hi, I'm Lynn McTaggart. Pat, it is always such a pleasure to be on your show. You ask the kinds of questions that no one asks, and you stimulate me to new places. I'm thrilled to be on your show and also to tell people about our peace intention experiment to get involved on September 14th, that's a Sunday, by first signing up on www.theintentionexperiment.com, and you can do forward slash peace. And you'll get right to it. Are you thinking that the job market is drying up? Super Supplements, the region's top vitamin and natural products retailer, is extending its reach and is looking for someone to lead the way. Join a team of passionate people committed to health and well-being. Super Supplements is looking for the right fit to develop and run their buying and merchandising department. Know someone for the job? Send them to supersubcareers.com. Must have senior level experience within grocery or supplements and advanced forecasting systems experience. Visit supersubcareers.com. Super savings, super selection, super. Ladies, your soul is whispering to you. Are you listening? Imagine a woman's magazine dedicated to your inner journey and the deeper aspects of a woman's life. Do you feel an inner tugging of the heart? A desire to live deeper and connect more fully? Aspire magazine features inspiring articles, interviews, and more, and is the premier inspirational and spiritual publication for women. Aspire magazine, inspiration for a woman's soul. Subscribe today at aspiremag.net and have inspiration delivered right to your door. Get your smile on with Alternative Talk 1150. Come into my life, come into me. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show Talk Radio to Thrive By. And I'm thrilled uh, uh, to have Tucker Smallwood joining me here today on the show. We're talking about helping those suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, And Tucker, if you want to find out more about uh, his essays, you can uh, check them out. Return to Eden is the anthology of 33 essays. And I'm hoping that Tucker will share uh, a little bit, uh, maybe one of those with us today. But we're talking about, you know, what we can do, how we can provide support. Um, how do we even welcome back folks that are coming back? You know, Tucker, I want to ask you, I, I mean, this seems to me very different than Vietnam. And I'm not sure why. I'm really, I'm really not. But folks returning from Iraq and, and, and having them come back, 
it seems like people are walking on eggshells in a way. And that's the way that I describe it. Um, we're thrilled to have people home. And yet we don't really know what to do or how to do it when we see something unusual show up in their behavior. And I wanted to ask you, um, how can we craft out a way for folks to know what to do and how to do it well? I, I think it falls into that, that thing about appropriateness. You only know what's appropriate after the fact. If, if you choose to do something or say something out of love, then hopefully it will be received in that context. Um, my parents acknowledged years later, we, we wanted to know, we, we just didn't know how to ask. And um, you seemed to be doing okay, or, and when you weren't doing okay, we, we loved you when we were concerned about you, but we just didn't know how to help. Um, there are, as I said earlier, the, one of the, one of the best things you can do is simply encourage that person in your life to, to talk about it and mm. know that there's a safe place to unburden himself or herself. Mm. Let's talk about Return to Eden. Let's talk about the essays for a minute because, you know, I've been to the website. I, I, I've seen what people are saying about Return to Eden and, you know, the healing power and you sitting down and expressing in just amazing ways, uh, experiences that most people can't relate to on a day-to-day -day basis, but yet is so powerful. I wanted to ask you about these essays and and why this became such an important project for you. Well, uh, I love to read good fiction, but I, I acknowledged early on I lack the gifts to write it. Um, mm -hmm. I have a really strong sense of truth and uh, possibly from my background and possibly from my acting training. And... Um, I, I didn't like things that didn't ring true, but when I wrote from my own perspective and experience, uh, I could look at any word and say, this is so, this is so, this is so. You might express it a bit more artfully, but um, this is the truth. And I was very comfortable with that medium. And uh, I've continued to write through the years, uh, literally hundreds. I, I reflect upon my my perspectives of popular culture and, and politics and um, uh, war and um, life in general. Uh, my, my interests are rather broad. But um, uh, again, I wanted to be able to create, to contribute to the body of work, the body of information that is available to others who may suffer from what I've been treated for for the last 39 years. Uh, this Sunday will be the 39th anniversary of the day I was pronounced dead. Uh, it's a very resonant anniversary in my life, and there were many years in the 70s uh, and the 80s when uh, a week before or two weeks before, my dreams would get very, very, very bad. I'd, I'd cry, I'd smell the jungle, I'd smell death, I'd have that feeling of dread just on me like a heavy, heavy cloud, nothing specific, just a sense that something awful is getting ready to happen. And uh, on the day itself, I would often find myself locked in a room, lights out, huddled against the bed, just sobbing my heart out. And at the end of the day, it was like I had been cleansed and reborn. And life was wonderful, but I had to undergo this every single year for many years. Now, in the last five or ten years, it begun to diminish, and it's to the point now where I can say, I'm going to go to Peru, or I'm going to go to see a play. I'm going to be with people, uh, because I am... 
I am in the process of healing. And uh, it has not been an easy road, but uh, I don't think I would still be here if I hadn't gotten the help that I so desperately needed. And that's, uh, you know, and that's the help that you're, uh, you're sharing with people. I mean, you know, it, it is clear that someone with your experience, what you've gone through, has an incredible story to tell. And, you know, a story that most people don't even understand or recognize. And, you know, so, so sitting and looking at and writing down and being clear about, I don't know, you can be clear when you're traumatized, but having a way for us to know how to support our returning combat veterans is so, so important. Why is it, Tucker, why do you believe that we, why do you believe we are not hearing more about how to provide this support from the media? I mean, we are media, just everywhere, uh, pop culture information. Why are we not getting more information about this topic? That's another good question. Mm. Uh, there are, from time to time, documentaries or news stories about it. And remember, we have an incredible diversity in media today. So what you might not see on CNBC perhaps is available on Fox or on MSNBC or on PBS. But um, it's it's almost like, you know, the it's almost like a, something that's uh, taboo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think people are afraid to venture into it because it is an emerging um, science. We know more about it than we did 10 or 15 years ago, but the reality is that soldiers have been traumatized throughout history. Oh, yeah. yeah. War is is just an incredibly brutal context. And if you don't, I mean, you only really have three choices. You can go across the line and not come back, and that is in a sense dehumanization. And you can continue to function like that, and you sacrifice some of your humanity. Or you can sequester those issues that trouble you and try to continue to plug on and get the job done. Or you can come completely unraveled and uh, process it immediately, which may make you rather useless to everyone around you at that moment. Mm -hmm. But you have begun the process of healing. Um, And because there is no magic bullet, there is no one thing that we can guarantee will solve this issue because it is not something that takes place in a day or a week or a month even, but you can begin that path to well-being. And that may be, as I said, therapy. It may be holistic. It may be uh, um, simply creating that safe context to allow that person to unburden themselves, to confront those things that that are conflicting, because there are certain things we do and know and see and combat that are simply not reconcilable. Do you remember some years ago, they placed on television or they placed on uh, online a video of a man being beheaded? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know that there are tens of thousands, if not millions, of people that access that, that video? Oh, yeah. M- many of them are very, very sorry they did. It was, in my estimation, a stupid thing, A, to put it on, and B, to access it. But people are people. And um, the point is, once you see something, it's very hard to erase it from your memory banks. And when you see human bodies mm-hmm. that are distorted as only combat can distort them, and some of them are children, and they are women, and they are civilians, and they are old people, if you are somehow responsible for that event, you bear that you know, within yourself, and you can maybe shrug it off and try to be callous and cynical about it. 
But uh, the reality is, you know, something bad happened here today that was not normal. And um, let's, you know, I'm not going to get into the politics of any of this. There are certain things that happen in combat that are very hard to let go of. Yeah, there's no question about that. And we started out today's conversation, you know, referencing 9-11 and, and, and what we haven't really talked about. And uh, and I've done several shows on this. I've gone into New York and I actually did shows with people that were not only affected emotionally by the events of that day uh, on what they that, and what they saw. And, and I'm not going to go into the graphic details about that. But again... It is probably, for me, it's one of these areas that is so taboo to talk about. It is, it is difficult for the people in New York as it is difficult for returning soldiers. And having known many of the people that went off to Vietnam, it was difficult then. I want to ask you, and I want to ask, ask you if, if you could talk about the difference between what will happen when these folks come back from Iraq versus other periods in time? And what I mean by that, you know, what are some of the characteristics in the Iraq war that are different than other wars? And how do they affect the folks that return? And, you know, the reason that, that, I, that I'm asking you this, Tucker, is because I think there is uh, a range of education that all of us need to have about this. Um, I, I, and, I, and I say that because we will be having people, men and women, coming back. Women who have never uh, had the experiences they're having here today. They are new, in a sense, to this level of combat. They're new to this level of, of uh, experience and contribution. Let's take a short break. When we come back, Tucker Smallwood will be joining us here. We'll talk about this, and we'll be talking about what is it, what can we do, what can each of us do to make this journey home one that supports our vets beyond anything that we can imagine. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Now I'm older and I have children of my own to protect. And everywhere I look Do you have questions about romance, work, or health? Get the answers you need at the Seattle Body, Mind, and Spirit Expo, October 11th and 12th at the Seattle Center Fisher Pavilion. Saturday, 10 to 7, and Sunday, 11 to 6. For only $12, you can enjoy two days filled with over 80 holistic exhibitors and 60 free lectures ranging from natural health, personal growth, and metaphysical topics. Visit bmse.net for a $2 off coupon or call 541-482-3722 for information. Shop beautiful crystals, purchase quality nutritional supplements, have your future revealed, and much more. From ancient healing traditions to the latest in the holistic world, this Seattle Body, Mind, and Spirit Expo will educate and entertain. Dr. Pat will have an all-new lecture at 3 p.m. on Saturday. Come enjoy the Seattle Body, Mind, and Spirit Expo, October 11th and 12th. Visit bmse.net. I'm Dr. Pat Basile, the host of The Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Let me help you take your empowering message to a community of people looking for products and services that value all life on earth and tap into the one true freedom we have, the freedom to choose. Let our 
listeners choose you. Join the buzz and be the buzz. Sponsor the Dr. Pat Show. Call me at 206-523-5522. That's 206-523-5522. See vibrational healer and psychic Sonia Choquette live in Seattle. Sonia shows you how to claim and follow your intuition. Plus, she'll answer questions and give powerful audience readings. How to accept your intuitive gifts is an all-new lecture. See Sonia Choquette at the Washington State Convention and Trade Center in Seattle on Saturday, October 18th from 10 to 5 p.m. Seats are limited, so call now at 1-800-654-5126 or visit hayhouseevents.com. Polaris Business Guides is ready to hand you the keys to a successful future. When you master the eight keys to a prosperous business, you'll accomplish more while doing less. You'll overcome success roadblocks, create powerful partnerships, build wealth, succeed in spite of economic challenges, and more. The next teleclass begins October 9th, and there's no risk because Madeline Gerwick offers a money-back guarantee. So you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Sign up today and learn the eight keys to easily build and sustain the ultimately prosperous business. Call 877-524-8300 for complete details and to register or visit PolarisBusinessGuides.com for the keys to your prosperity. Visit P-O-L-A-R-I-S BusinessGuides.com or call 877-524-8300. Your prosperity awaits you. Conscious living for conscious people. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by... And part of thriving is about creating wholeness and opportunities for wholeness. And what I mean by that is the integration of body, mind, spirit, and beyond. So that we look at our fellow, uh, our fellow men and women, and we look at each other uh, with eyes that are about love, that are about support. Thriving, you know, both at the inner and the outer level is about understanding, for me, it's about understanding what it is in my life that presents an obstacle that's more like a lesson for me to learn. And then the question becomes, what action am I willing to take? And so today, we support the troops abroad, and thriving has to be an option for them as well. Thriving is not just an option for those of us that may be in our, our upper middle class families that are hanging out in great neighborhoods. Thriving is for every human being on this planet. And Tucker Smallwood has committed, dedicated, and is passionate about making sure that we understand the importance of our returning veterans and people with post-traumatic stress disorder and give them the opportunity to thrive. Tucker, thank you so much for joining the show today. This is one of many conversations I'm sure we'll have. But thriving is the goal for humanity, being able to be in that place where you love your life and you love the world. And I'm not an idealist. I believe it's possible. But we do have to know a few things, don't we? I think so. I think this war has been curious in the sense that 
much of America has been isolated from it. Yes. I don't have the sense that as a nation we are as engaged and uh, involved as we were during Vietnam, which was almost which was 40 years ago. We're not uh, getting if, the information, though. I mean, well, part of if, this. If you don't have a son or a neighbor mm-hmm. or a relative who is served, you are curiously um, not up to speed and aware of the realities that these soldiers face. Now, we, we learned something in the last 40 years, and I think it's been thanks to the activism of Vietnam veterans. The Vietnam Veterans of America has a creed, never again will a generation of veterans turn their back on that next generation of veterans. We were largely shunned when we came home. It was an unpopular war. We were maligned as being baby killers and uh, other unpleasant um, things. But over the years, America learned not to blame the warrior for the war. And that's an important distinction. You may not support the policies, but you, you need to support those citizens that had been tasked to carry out those policies. Um, in Vietnam, there was a 10-to-1 relationship between the people in country and the person whose face was in the mud getting shot at and shooting. Uh, so you had clerks and you had cooks and you had drivers and you had people in the air and you had all sorts of... Uh, you had nine people for every infantryman that was actually conducting the war. In Iraq, you have every single person that's there under fire and in danger of encountering an IED or hostility. So everyone in Iraq has the potential to be wounded or injured, and everyone um, comes in contact at some point or fears that every single day of their mission, every single day of their tour, they are aware something awful can happen today. Um, Urban warfare is inherently ugly. Uh, the enemy hides among civilian populations. They will hide in mosques. They will hide it with families. And they will shoot happily at uh, patrols. And when the patrols return fire, sometimes the casualties are civilians. And that's a tragic thing. But you can understand how that can happen. Um, women who are serving in Iraq are in the front lines as they have never before been in any war in this nation. Uh, it's not just the nurses that are traumatized. It is women who are drivers, who are communications experts, who have any number of jobs that brings them into harm's way each and every day. This is, you know, for us to I love what you just shared. I I mean, I I I I know that, you know, this is probably, in my opinion, one of the largest events in history for us. And one that we we know least about. And I can't, you know what I'm struck by, Tucker? I'm struck as you're talking, I'm struck by two things. One, uh, I had a little flashback, uh, you know, it goes back to the Vietnam era. And I I was struck by uh, how we were, uh, had so many pictures, had so many images. You know what I'm saying? You know, whether we wanted to see them or not, They they were there. We knew what was going on. We are not getting any of that, any of those informations, any of those images. And, and I'm, I'm wondering, why, why is that? Well, I think that the uh, administration, um, whether because of the Patriot Act or, or the mentality of this country, has simply decided to uh, limit access and um, information of that nature because they want to rally the homeland. Uh, they want support for their policy, and the sight of caskets coming home and funerals 
is uh, not the sort of thing that makes people, in, in fact, they may say, well, look, remember what happened during Vietnam. When those images were there, you had an anti-war movement, and eventually um, they succeeded in ending the war. Uh, and so the administration has decided this is our policy, and we don't want to discourage, we don't want people trying to uh, prevent us from carrying out our intentions. So we're going to limit the access to those kind of images. Do you think that that is in service of uh, the vets that are over there? Well, that's 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 a, a debatable point. It depends yeah, it upon, is. you know, your point of view. I, mm -hmm. I don't happen to think it's... Uh, it does a service to the veterans, and I don't think it does a service to the citizens here. But that's simply my point of view. I'm not running the farm. Well, you know, I've I've thought about this a lot. You know, having been through Vietnam, having you know done some of the things that I've done to uh, you know make sure that I understood the war, and here it's a little bit more difficult. And what I say by that, it's it, it's hard to know what the truth is sometimes. And so I do wonder... Well, in war, truth is the first casualty. Yes, it is. It's sad to say. But here's what I wonder, Tucker, and I and, and I want to thank you for joining us here on the show. It's been a great show. I, I want to thank you so much for doing what you're doing. But here's what I wonder. Here's what I contemplate. Are we going to know the potential seriousness of post-traumatic stress disorder when we've not had the information or we've not been part of the scenery over there that demonstrates post-traumatic stress disorder's ability to affect everyone there. Dr. Pat, my, my best guess is that we're veterans returning from this war are going to do what veterans returning from my war did. We're going to look after each other. Yes. We know the context. We know the realities. We love each other. The bonds that are formed under those conditions are stronger than sibling. And um, I think ultimately we will look after each other and do the best we can. This country's got a lot of things to contend with. Uh, their hands are full. We, we, we're struggling just to take care of our physically wounded veterans. So our emotionally and mentally wounded veterans are... Some are going to get the help they need. Some are going to fall through the cracks, sadly. That's just a sad reality. But I think in the final analysis, it'll be about bootstraps and we will look after each other. Uh, there had been something I wanted to share, but, mm -hmm. you know, time precluded it. But I, I, if you can, you can post uh, this essay on your website so that interested can read it. It's something that I wrote two days after 9-11. It's about my relationship to the event, and it's called Misery Loves Company. As a matter of fact, we will attach it to our newsletter as well and put a PDF of it up on our website. Uh, but for folks that want to find out more about Return to Eden, and, and, and it is an exploration of one man's and one country's journey from the devastation of war through the recovery to healing. And, uh, boy, we join you completely in the idea uh, that healing is what we are all about. Thank you so much, Tucker, for joining us today. And I wanted to ask you, what is your personal message? Enjoy yourself. It's later than you think. Thank you so much. Uh, we are definitely going to do that. I want to, I want to thank everybody for joining the show today. Don't forget, tuckersmallwood.com is the website, or you can Google Tucker Smallwood and it'll bring you here. Uh, and also, you know, Google Return to Eden as well. But we have links all over the Dr. Pat Show website for many of you that want to find out more. Uh, wow. 
Tucker Smallwood, thank you so much for doing what you do. Thank you all for tuning in to the Dr. Pat Show today and what you do so well. Support us and support others out in the world. Have a great one. Time.